0: For the next few weeks talking about relationships from a biblical perspective. relationships from a biblical perspective. And with the understanding that our time here on earth is not forever. Our time here on earth is not forever. And so how should we be living? What should we be doing? How should we be interacting with one another? How should we be communicating with one another? How should we be communicating the gospel message to those who haven't heard it as believers? Um, as you guys know around here, we 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 carry the mantra that we exist to make disciples. And so, the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about what are some hindrances to the disciple-making process from the perspective of relationships. Uh, a few years ago, uh, Facebook uh, started putting statuses on their profile. And one was married, single. And then they had one that said, it's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. Well, if I could talk to Mark Zuckerberg, I would tell him that all relationships are complicated and challenging. And so, what we're going to do today is we're going to view healthy relationships from a biblical perspective, but we're going to zero in, we're going to focus in on singleness. Single people in the house say, A, hey, A. Hey. The married people don't check out because how many times have single people have to sit through a marriage sermon? And these will um, there will definitely be some overlap. If you're familiar with the book of First Corinthians, especially chapter seven, you know, that we're we'll weave in and out of singleness back to marriage, back to singleness, back to marriage. And the primary focus that Paul is pointing to in this particular uh, scripture is he was talking to the Corinthian church and we know they were crazy about sex. We talked about that last week when we answer questions as elders. The Corinthian church is much like the American culture in that we're sex crazy. Some of you might be saying, but pastor, you're, you're married. How can you talk to singles? Well, first off, I'm qualified to teach the text. I'm qualified to teach the text. And some of our heroes in the Bible who have given us insight on singleness happen to be single. John the Baptist the apostle paul jesus himself if you don't believe in some of these crazy writings that come out nowadays all were single and they all have something to say about it you know it's funny i get the privilege of um being able to counsel can counsel marriage couples not counsel <laughs> marriage couples uh, cancel my words sometimes they do what they want to do but I get a chance to counsel married couples. And even sometimes couples that don't even go to this church, they come by the house and they want to be marriage counseled. And I get and they leave skipping and happy. But I'm like, you know what, if you don't make some adjustments, uh you'll be back here next week. And God has really gifted me in that light. And sometimes what the women would like to do is like, can your wife sit in on it? I'm like, marriage is complicated. We'd be arguing in front of y'all if we have to counsel y'all. Don't you believe I'm qualified to teach the text? And I haven't had an objection from a single wife yet because I approach it from the text, not from my interpretation, not from my experiences. But what does the Bible say? Uh, And we have to be careful that we don't create this situational faith. This thing in our faith where we essentially say, well, if you're not struggling with the same things that I'm struggling with, then you can't speak into my life. Right? I don't have to be a, a dope addict to speak to a person who's addicted to drugs. Now, I might not be able to identify with the addiction, but I can speak into the situation. And so what we try to do is we create silos sometimes in the church. And I'm scared and I'm fearful that this is what happens with singles. Because church is so family oriented at times. And we're going to talk about how uh, we've got that even out of whack. Listen, single people, you have a part in the church. You are an important part of the church. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. The questions begin to arise in the singles people's hearts and in their in their minds about will they ever get married? Has God forsaken them? Is there someone out there who is just so perfect for me? Listen, there ain't nobody perfect out there for you but Jesus. Am I being left out? What's wrong with me? These are the kind of things that we hear from single people. Well, today we're going to examine, one, dating and living in the church. Somebody say salacious. Two, we're going to talk about how does culture challenge the Christian ideals of dating. And then finally, we'll talk about how does the scripture view singleness? How does the scripture view singleness? Like I said, uh, we all have lived through a, a season of singleness. Some 20 years, some 30 years, some 40 years. Some people have even gotten married and then their spouse either left them or their spouse passed away and they find themselves single again. And Paul is going to address some of that today. And so the church is hard on relationships. Many of y'all who are part of this church and you're single, you might be able to say, well, you know, there's not a whole lot of other singles in the church. And so the dating pool is a little small for me. And then you go to a big old church and you don't know nobody. And a dance pool is too big. For you. And then you join up and you sign up for a singles ministry. I have never been a part of a singles ministry because I have been married ever since I've been a Christian. And from what I hear, what I hear, I don't know, I ain't been there. What I hear is everybody in there is thirsty.
1: That's
0: just what I hear. It becomes Christian hookup. And so you you, you 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 challenge you say well you know you know I wanna be married so what got 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 what do I do and so you get on the apps, you get on the Tinder and you swipe left and you swipe right and then like all the creeps come out at night. You get catfished. And for you I don't know what catfish is, somebody give you a picture or uh, portray themselves in a way and you show up, you're like, oh, 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 oh that profile pic was what, 30 years ago? And it's hard out there for singles. And I'm going to even say, I'm going to go, I've talked to some single people. Women, it's hard out there for single ladies. And you let, don't you start no Beyonce up in here. (laughs) And it's hard for ladies because you are the gatekeepers. You got what is on a man's mind most of the time. And they will do whatever. They will transform themselves into whatever in order to p- appeal to you. And so these these dating sites, what they do. And, I'm, and listen, I'm not against dating sites. I have beautiful friends who have uh, been married through dating sites. Amen. I forgot about y'all. man. Amen. Amen. <laughs> dating sites are awesome in that they give you an opportunity to connect. But listen, there are some creeps out there. Who will become and transform themselves into what you think you need. And the challenge with dating is we want to approach a relationship with someone and we want to say, "Uh, uh, uh, uh this is what I'm looking for in a man. But you don't always know what that would look like in a man because you ain't never seen a man like that. I had a friend, I kid you not. I had a friend. He was like devout. He was devoted to the Lord. And in the church, like, you know, women were like they were after this brother because this brother, like he didn't watch TV. He just spent all his time reading his Bible and evangelizing and witnessing and trying to do all this stuff. And women were enamored with him. And then one woman became his wife. It was surprising. She was like, man, I can't take this no more. <laughs> this brother don't want to go to the movies. He don't want to take me out. He don't. All he want to do is have Bible study. <laughs> and so sometimes women be careful what you ask for. I want a godly man who will love me more, uh, God, love God more than he loves me. And then when he's loving God more than he loves you, you have an issue. We're we'll going to talk about that today as well. <laughs> got these marriage ideals. I got to have 2.5 kids because that's what America says. Get into, a relationship, get into a relationship with somebody who wants more than four kids. You start calling them a dugout. That's just cultish. Don't nobody want five kids. What's wrong with you? I want a country house. He wants to live in a city. I want to pick a fence. He wants a motorcycle. And then you start making concessions during the dating process like you know what I I can live with that. I can live with that. I can live with that. And then you get into it and you're like man I really couldn't live with that. <laughs> I really just could not live with that. And so when you're dating in the church, let me just let me put it out there this way and then we won't go much further than this. Let me put it out there this way. You have to be listen women, men, listen I know some single people. I'm not saying this is you. You have to be moldable and pliable to what God wants. Not what you want. Now I'm not saying that you just get something, just go, hey, Pastor say just get in ill, but I didn't say that. I didn't say throw all your wants, desi-. like they, they gotta be kinda attractive to you now. Now I'm just saying kinda, I'm saying kinda we gotta make some concessions. You want Brad Pitt, but you don't look like Andrew, whatever his wife's name is. You don't look like her. You want Brad Pitt, but you ain't bringing Brad Pitt kind of to the table. I'm just saying. All right, I- Fold up my Bible. Y'all don't want to hear me today. I'm saying. You want Idris Elba. Ooh, he need to look like Idris Elba and play basketball like him, and he needs to make this amount of money. You ain't bringing none of that to the table. They bring it on the table, but you have this checklist. Ain't nobody gonna meet your checklist. <laughs> it just don't even meet your checklist, brothers. You all in her DMs on Instagram. You looking that's fabricated. Photoshop can do a lot now. Every woman you meet has to be like your babe, your, your woman crush Wednesday, whatever that is. live up to that. The woman you're looking at don't even live up to that. She done been nipped and tucked and photoshopped and pulled and prodded and then this, and she this have kids and this stuff start going south. You don't love her no more. You better fall in love with somebody's mind. Raise your hand. Say he got me. <laughs> say he got me. And a lot of good brothers, a lot of good sisters are right there in your face and you can't even see them because you're looking for Idris Elba. <laughs> Idris Elba don't want you. Brad Pitt don't want you. And if you got him, you might not want him. OK, we're going to get into scripture now. I'm sorry. I have to get that out there. Well, I say we won. First Corinthians chapter seven. <laughs> 1 Corinthians. Can we um do something uh, with this? Can we take the spots off and bring the house lights up? Oh, just slide them all down. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. It's not that it's bad, it's just I'm not used to looking at it like that. You make the scripture look different to me. I might preach it different. <laughs> and so in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul had went through this season of uh. Oh, not the season. He had went through these first six chapters of the book addressing this church in Corinth based upon what this household, what Chloe's household had told Paul. Chloe was snitching. i told tell you about Chloe. Chloe was snitching. Cut for Paul. They ain't acting right down here. And so Paul had heard about all this stuff. And so Paul wrote to that. Now, chapter seven, the book takes a change. It takes a twist. It takes a turn because now Paul is writing to them based on questions that they had. Remember the last couple of weeks we had y'all write in questions. And so he was just addressing those questions. And so we saw what we, we see here, what is on their heart. In verse one, it says, now, now concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is good for man not to have sexual relations with a woman. Paul. That word there, sexual relation, in the original Greek is actually "haptō," which means touch. And I see why the translators in the ESV and the NIV changed it to sexual relation because he was talking about touching that led to sexual relations. But sometimes we put guardrails around the Bible, and I believe they probably did it because if he put it inside the Bible, it's not good for a man to touch a woman. Woman, fall, break her neck, be like, I ain't gonna touch her. God said, don't touch a woman. There are there are actually religions out there where women are like 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 they're evil, like like, and so. I understand why the translator translated it that way, because he wanted us to get to the the, the initial destination. But what he's saying here is this is the same word with the woman who touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Or when Jesus would touch people to heal, there was this level of intimacy when there was this touch. And so he's saying it's not good for a man to even touch a woman in such a way that leads to sexual relationship. So man, if a woman fall off the curb, you can go ahead and pick up. He's not saying don't touch her. But don't touch her in a way where you just want to Netflix and chill. Some of us just want to chill without the Netflix. Just be real—that you're cutting. Listen, you shouldn't be spooning nobody that's not your spouse. Going out on dates and letting the man touch you all on the spot—you know, to touch you on—you know it's your spot, and you let them touch you all there. Fella, she rubbing all on the back of your head, telling me, ooh you got your wave I'm Like, Don't let her touch it. It does things to you.
1: <laughs>
0: That's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, don't even let him touch it like that. Why are you playing with fire? Wondering why you getting burned? And so many Christians they sit in the g- I just, I just I just I just want to live for the Lord and I fell again. What you do leading up to the fella again? I slipped and fell. Were you walking down a greasy uh, road? Well, you walking too close to the ledge? This is what Paul is saying. He's saying, "Listen, you're going to fall if you have these type of relationships where they are att- you're attracted to the person. Listen, don't go nowhere with the person you're attracted to after midnight. I'm just saying. I told y'all what my grandma said. I'm gonna say it again. Ain't nothing open after midnight but legs and hospitals. <laughs> she lived in a different day. There's a lot of stuff open after midnight now. But what was she? But the point, you get her point. You get her point. And he says, It is good for a man not even touch a woman. But because of temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, and likewise the wife her husband. We're gonna talk more about that next week we're we'll talking about singles right now. But y'all know y'all be holding out. For the wife does not have the authority over her own body but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another. Except perhaps for agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourself to prayer, but then uh-uh, come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self control Paul is basically saying listen, 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 listen. Don't be doing Married people stuff if you're not married people. And if you can't control yourself, get married. Paul is not prohibiting marriage. But he's going to give us this other uh, look at singleness here in a second. Verse six, he says, now as a concession, not a command, I say this. I wish that you were as I myself am, but each has its own gift from God. One of a kind and one of another kind to the unmarried. And to the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. Oh don't shut the front door. Did Paul just say it's good to remain single as I am. See, this is the part of the scripture that we just want to skim over because we live in American culture, and from you like 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 marriage is like the pinnacle of 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 our where am my thing at? I brought it again this week. y'all remember this? Marriage is the pinnacle of this who who did this in school? y'all remember this? Well you're good because I, I can't get it open. <laughs> Marriage. We learn early. I'll get the point. I'm gonna get there. Stop laughing at me. Oh, there we go. Who wants to end up single in the shack? Nobody. <laughs> we want to be married in a mansion, don't we? <laughs> what kind of car did you want? A Porsche? Yeah. This is what we do. We start changing our, our little girls from time. Oh, you're gonna be so. You're gonna be a beautiful bride, and we see the princesses and Disney just jumping in. Disney tells us that we all should just be just jumping through, frolicking through, 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 through meadows and getting uh, married like Elsa and uh, Let It Go, and you know all them people. <laughs> Who? I don't care what her name is. I don't watch it. So Paul gives us this reality check. He gives us this reality check that 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 marriage is good, is beautiful. It's it's this thing that happens, but it's not the ultimate. Paul said, I wish that you will remain single. As I am, listen, marriage is not the ultimate goal. Kingdom is. Now, listen to me. Don't hear me say this. Well, Pat, look, I see some people shutting off right now. Well, Pastor, you married, so you, of course you're gonna be saying that. Why y'all keep reading these scriptures? Why y'all keep sharing with you married people in the house? Listen, we do single people a disservice when we act like marriage is all about, like all that in the bag of chips. That's why you don't want single people hanging out with you. See people are like, man, I don't never get married, boy. They crazy over that. That house. <laughs> Kids running around, just jumping off stuff. They don't know how to act. He talking to him like he said, "Oh, I, Lord Jesus." And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Marriage has been beautiful for me, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> I married up. Ooh, but the first year, ooh, Lord Jesus. When that woman didn't know how to cook.
1: <laughs>
0: Boy, you come home from a long day work. And you got them little plastic plates that have the little... I'm watching myself. You got them little plastic <laughs> plates with the little... You know they got the... You know they got the own compartment for the peas. <laughs> I had some microwave peas and some chicken nuggets. Sweetheart. That was a long day at work. I don't care if you was 18. I was like, you got this for the kids. What? 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 I don't smell nothing in the oven. That's why you wanted that microwave. <laughs> And I had a juice pouch. I'm a grown man sipping on a juice pouch. I'm sorry. I had to get her. I had to get her. She get me all the time. Thank you, Jesus. Didn't marry her for a cooking. No, man. But one thing that happened, one thing that happened, one thing that transitioned in our marriage, and I said that the joke, but one thing that transitioned in my marriage is when my wife got saved you got saved, I was still here. Started praying for me. And from that moment, we had kingdom in mind. That meant, listen, 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 listen. As wonderful as this woman is, that meant I had to make some concessions. I had to stop trying to change her to be what I wanted her to be. Right, she still ain't quite trying to stop changing me yet, but that's okay. We're gonna go with this another day. And I have to start going, you know what? No, this is about kingdom. Right? And we made decisions in the household based on kingdom. We're gonna talk more about that next week. We're talking about singles again. I'm sorry, I don't mean to get off there. And so, what what does Paul say? What does the Bible say about singing this? Verse 7: Paul says that it is a gift, single people in the room. You need to start looking at your singleness as a gift. See, what happens is we get to a point where we're not content with the station of life that we're in. And Paul says, no, no, no. Your singleness is a gift. Somebody say, God, I take this gift away. But it's a gift. Listen. Listen. Paul has to go on after he starts talking about singleness to tell the married folks. Now, listen, I know it's sounding all good to y'all. Don't leave your spouse. Right. We got it backwards. We think that. Oh, 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 important. One day you'll get somebody. And parents, I'm all over the place. Just, parents, stop pressing your children. When you gonna give me some grandkids, let that person live in their singleness. Wow, Rosie, did I rip off a scab. <laughs> Let them live and be who they are in Christ. And you don't live your life. Stop trying to live your life through your children. I was watching a documentary just the other day. I don't know why they, I mean, the Lord knows. These stuff, they pop up in my, in, in, in my YouTube feed. It was a documentary, it was a vice documentary uh, in China. And how in China for so long they had the the, the one child thing going on. And so if the women would have little girls, they would abort because they wanted men to carry on their lineage. And now they're in a place now in China where there's so many more uh, 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 women than men because they they, they they tried to reverse it. Men than women, I'm sorry. And they tried to reverse it. But now, like, these women are being pressured to marry these men because there's so many men and these women I ain't trying to feel it no more. Cause It's a globalized world, girl. I'm. I don't listen to a Beyonce album. I ain't got got time for that. I'm upper mobility. And so they try to do all these things. And so what they're doing is they have these campaigns where they're trying to shame women into marriage. And they're calling them leftover women, which makes no sense because it's more men than women. And then you go into South Korea, same kind of thing going on where they're getting married later in life and things of that nature. And they think that by 2175 that the Koreans will be extinct if they don't change these things. And so they have all these campaigns to get you married. Listen, I used to be a part of the machine. I worked for the knot. Anybody married people in the house? I used to work for them. And so our website was uh, dedicated to marriage. And when it opened up in, in Eastern Asia, man, our our profits just went whoosh. And even here in the United States, it's funny, We were, you will go on the website, you would register on the website and they will put your wedding date. From the time a person will put their wedding date in on the site you will see that person's traffic behaviors from ten o'clock in the morning, when you get to work, you get your coffee pot. They get on the website. And then they shut down about 3, 30, 4 o'clock. You know, now I got to get a little work done before I go home, so I don't get fired. And it consumes our thoughts: What the dress going to look like? What this going to look like? What this going to look like? We've made marriage an idol, right in front of single people, right in front of single people. Secondarily, Paul says in verse eight. It is a good way of life. He says to the unmarried and to the widows, I say to you, it is good for them to remain single. He said, this is a good way of life. It's good to be single. Why? Why is it good to be single? Listen to this. Not saying that you're going to be single forever. It might just be a season. Some of us have got to come to the reality. We might not ever have a spouse. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But listen, why is it good to be single? Listen, we're going to talk about this in a second, but. Here's the thing. Before we get there, I just want to give you a preview. You have more time to devote to God. moms. you already know. Man, I got to get the kids. I got to do this. I got to cook. I got to clean. Oh, Lord. You want to pray to the Lord in desperation. Lord, help me, Jesus. These kids drive me crazy. Well, my husband, he working all the time. I, he, I know we need the money over time. And, and, you you, and you go to the, you go to God in desperation. You say, I'm single people. You don't have to deal with all that. What are number two, two top reasons? And I've seen this in marriage counseling. Two top reasons people break up. Money. Sex. So when you are single and you are dating, look at that booger and say, man, if sex is not good and he don't make as much money as I want him to, man, maybe, man, maybe if she can't supplement the income and she needs to stay home with kids and sex ain't that great, do I still love her enough to be in a relationship with her? Start dwindling the, the, the dating pool, don't it? Well, you and I already joined it because you said you want Idris Elba, there's only one Idris Elba. So good luck with that. And so we need to start thinking and dating with kingdom purpose in mind. We need to start looking at people and asking people, listen, interview them boogers. Listen, uh, I've been thinking about foreign missions. What do you think about foreign missions? I ain't get on no plane. You might not be the one for me. Well, you wouldn't marry me. Even... Listen, I feel like the Lord has given me kingdom purpose. And I should I'm supposed to be in Botswana, wherever that is. I'm supposed to be over there. And he don't want to be over there. And so, listen, I'm not going to. If I feel like God has called me to, then. God, I'm lying. I'm going to keep on reading the scripture. Verse nine. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry. For it's better to marry than to burn with passion. Paul says, listen, last case scenario. If you can't keep your stuff and your britches, go ahead and get married. So we may. Sex an idol. We've made marriage an idol. What is an idol? Anything that we place above the will of God, anything we place above the kingdom of God. And so he's saying, listen, I done told y'all, I done told y'all, keep it in your pants. I told you not to be touching one another in the way that you touch one another. And if you can't do all that, go ahead and marry. That don't sound like a pride to me. If you can't do all that, go ahead and get married. Why? Look at verse 28. Jump down to verse 28. So that y'all don't think that I'm making stuff up. Paul says, but if you do marry, you have not sinned. Listen, marriage is not an ugly thing. Married people in the house, don't feel so bad right now. I'm going to talk about the beauty of marriage (laughs) next week. (laughs) But we need to learn to be content in where we are. And if your betrothed woman marries, she has not sinned. Yet, those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I will spare you that. What is Paul saying to single people? Listen, when you get married, there's a whole lot of worldly troubles that you have to associate yourself with. And Paul said, I'm just trying to spare you. Go ahead and do it if you want to. Look at the married couple. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> The honeymoon definitely ends. And the married people say, amen. amen. When they touch you right here and they don't do what they used to do. You remember when you first touch you? Ooh, girl, you're right <laughs> doing things to me. It's going to make us run to the altar. <laughs> Two years into it, will you please stop touching me? <laughs> if you don't get your hands off of me. Kids, put your hands in ears. you trying to spoon up what you want. Didn't we do it Wednesday? (laughs) You ain't got to say amen. You can say ouch. (laughs) Paul says, I'm trying to spare you marital issues. Here's the thing. We are broken people. We are broken people. Two broken people trying to come together to be whole. And we only come together to be fractured. And so in your singleness, In your singleness, listen, devote yourself to right now being who God wants you to be so that when that season perhaps is over, then you can be what somebody else needs in a spouse. Listen, it is wrong. It is wrong. It is wrong. Hear this. It is wrong to try and force someone to love you the way that God loves you because it's not fair for your spouse. So in your singleness, you need to understand that you are wildly loved by God. And you don't need to be. Hitching your wagon to somebody who's empty and broken and needs you to fix them. Oh, the dating pool keeps getting smaller. But I believe that the church can make a turnaround if married people, if, if, if we start start saying, listen, there are struggles here. And we start hanging out with single people. Married people hang out with single people. The Bible talks about older women teaching the younger women how to be mothers and how to, uh, to, to lead. And we just we just get so into these affinity groups. They're not my people. I'm not hanging out with them. You've been going to church with them for four years. Go out to lunch with them. Maybe they have something to offer you. Single people go and hang out with their family. I know the kids swinging all off of you because they ain't seen nobody single before they is swinging <laughs> off of you and stuff. Listen, listen, be a part. Listen, we are a body. We are body. We need singles. We need married people. We need widows and widowers. We need everybody to be a part of the kingdom. And we need to fellowship and commune with one another. That way we can learn from one another. And you just might never know what might happen. But marriage is tough. Did I say it's tough? Because my wife left the room. That's why I said it's tough. What is that? Verse 28. This is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. For now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none. I wish you would, husband. Live like you ain't got no wife. Now, he's not saying abrogate your husbandly responsibilities, But what he's saying is that you're kingdom focused. You're leading your family. You're leading your wife. You're leading people in that way. You are kingdom focused. There's so many challenges right now in marriage where, listen, the Lord is telling me this, and He's telling you that, and people are getting divorced, and both being led by the Holy Spirit—that can't happen. When, do are two people being led by the Holy Spirit get a divorce? Seriously. And so, I'm focused on this. Really, saying I'm focused on me. You're focused on this, which really means I'm focused on this, and y'all, y'all are breaking up. And He's saying, Paul is saying, listen, I'm just sparing y'all that stuff. I'm sparing y'all. This pastor you act like you don't want us to get married you know it depends if the Lord is saying it, but if he's not be content with where you are verse thirty and those who mourn as though they were not mourning and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing sorry what And those who are busy as though they had no good, those who are by as though they had no good and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. For the present form of this world is passing away. Paul is just trying to get us and married people. Don't shut down on this. He's trying to get us extremely kingdom focused. Listen, single people, you should be the most kingdom focused people in the room. I haven't heard this before, Pastor. Why? Let's keep reading. If anyone thinks that he is behaving, no, let's see, verse 39, right? No. Where am I, Albert? 32. Thank you. I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife. And his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the dealings of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious for worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. I just believe that Paul said in your single of singleness, I'm a to translate in your season of singleness. Your singleness is the best thing to lay hold of God. You have an advantage over married people and nobody preaches this. In your season of singleness, you have an advantage. Lean into it. You can lay hold of God like no married person can. You need to hear that. And so we're so worried about man, God. When are you gonna send the man? It becomes his idol, and we so we so consumed by it. God. Is saying, "I'm right here." The man died on Galilee. The man died on Calvary. I'm saying on Galilee. What am I talking about? The man died on Calvary. That's the relationship that you need to be leaning into right now. And I understand, folks, like don't like have you ever been so mad and angry about your current circumstance or situation that you've been reaching out to a friend or a pastor or something? Say, man, listen, you need to tell me what to do. And don't you tell me to lean into God. Don't you tell me to read my Bible. Don't you tell me to pray. I don't know. What to tell you then. What do you want me? You want to hear what I think you ought to do? What? Read your Bible and pray. Lean into God. Listen, singleness for some of us is just a season. It's just a season. And while you're in the season, you need to be getting the most out of it that you can. Listen, as a good father, I tell my kids all the time, they be trying to rush and go and do stuff. And even though my kids are mostly adults, I have one baby that ain't 18 yet. But the rest of them, like they living with us right now. They don't got nothing but a car payment and going to school. I'm like, listen, while you are living with us, take advantage of that. Because this is just a season. <laughs>
1: Especially
0: for the boys, the girls that to live with me forever. Y'all don't need to marry no stinking man. Come on, stay with daddy. <laughs> but this is just a season. And when that season shifts and when that season changes and when you get to that place, you're going to look back on that season and say, man, I wish I was leaning into God. I wish I was putting money away. I wish I was getting myself whole instead of running around here trying to be in another season that I'm not supposed to be in just yet. And Powell makes a compelling case for singleness. He does. And so lean into it. He says, your attention is divided when you're married. And married people, you know it is. You just get up out of prayer. You just had a good hallelujah day. You go into the living room. It's like, oh, here this is (laughs) again. I take two steps forward and three steps back. He says, the wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is free to be married to whom she wishes only in the Lord. Now, listen, he said, Then when you're a Christian person, don't you be marrying folks that ain't in the Lord, because that's going to be another set of headaches, right? Watch this. Verse 39, I mean verse 40. Yet in my judgment, she is happier if she remains as she is. Paul says single life is a happier life. I didn't just make that up. Single life is a happier life. Well, I'm, 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 I'm willing to count the cost and just go in and listen, don't be too hasty. Don't be too hasty. Half of marriages end in divorce. Don't bring this stats They're not. They're not. And I think that I, too, have the Spirit of God. And this is, a, I love that last part. So, like, Paul is like, I'm just saying, like, Paul Paul is slick with it. Paul's like, listen, I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm telling you that this is better. I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm telling you this is better. And then when he closes chapter 7, he's like, listen, I'm not telling you that uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the end-all, be-all, but I think I got the Spirit of the Lord. I think this is inspired. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And so, single people. Listen, in your singleness. In your if you're in a season where you're ready and and don't get me wrong. There's some single people who are ready for marriage. Right. Like you, 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 you feel like it's the season. You feel like that's the will of God for your life. This is what we need for you to start doing leaning into God and letting God direct and orchestrate. Listen. Let that seed that you have planted in your mind about marriage die. Get to the place where, listen, get to the place, this is contentment. Listen, I want to get married, but if I don't, I'm okay with that. That's contentment. I won't Idris Elba. I know I probably won't get him, but I get a look alike, that's fine too. <laughs> Let that die. That way God can resurrect it and breathe into an And if His will, it'll happen. But make sure you're not jumping out of the pan into the fire. And so in this season of singleness, especially the people who live in my house, my children. Stop being thirsty. <laughs> Sorry. Get out those women crush Wednesdays and man crush Tuesdays and old folk crush Fridays. I don't know what y'all be doing. <laughs> Lean into the Lord. Use this as a season of loving God, learning more about God, learning more about yourself, learning more about his will for your life. And you might find like, I, I, I think I talked to somebody about this just recently. Well, you know, I don't know if God just wants us to change. Have you read the Bible? Allow God to work on you because you're going to bring that brokenness into a relationship eventually. And that brokenness is going to cause that relationship to be splintered. You're going to come into that relationship looking for somebody else to fulfill you. Learn how to be fulfilled in the Lord and you'll be a better spouse. Learn how to communicate. Take this as a season to learn how to communicate. Take a class. Because what happens is, it's not only impacting you, you pass this down to your children. And then you're creating this broken cycle. So God says, Listen, in this season of singleness, laying to me, I'm all the man that you need. Start living for eternity. See if somebody, you know, somebody might get to come tap you on the shoulder when you start doing that. He might look like it was Or Brad Pitt. I can't say no women's because I get in trouble, so. Or Anne Marie Weekly. <laughs> Listen, for the next few moments, this is what I want us to do. The worship team is going to come lead us in another song. Just single or in a dating relationship. I want you to begin to pray about kingdom purpose. What are you calling me to do? Because I guarantee you, if you're making concessions for someone else, that's going to be a time bomb. So, God, what are you calling me to do? God, are you calling me to lay this down? God, am I being too dogmatic about this? God, 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 show me me. What do I need to be doing?